We are back, baby. The Balcony Chatter Podcast is officially back. This is our first episode in, man, a few, few months at this point, right? Summer vacation became fall. Yeah, exactly. It's time to get back to work, Andrew. Man, there's so many things to talk about that I know that there's there's too many things to talk about. How about I say that? Because there's going to be some stuff that we don't go super far into depth on today, but there are plenty of things that I do want to talk about. So far, as we're recording this, the Bruins season has officially started. Celtics are still going through preseason, um, but their season starts early next week, correct? Uh, Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday at home versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, so we got that coming up. Bruins are in. They won their first game, which we'll get into uh, a little bit here. And we're rolling into the weekend, too. We have our first home game of the season. Looking forward to that. But I kind of want to list off a couple of the things that I do want to talk about today so that we can both remember to touch on these things. Obviously, I want to talk about a lot of stuff with the Bruins. I want to talk about Chara's retirement. I want to talk about the fact that David Krejci and Bergeron are both back right now Um, because we haven't talked about that. And we haven't talked about anything, actually. Um, I would like to talk about some of the injured players that we have. And I I know I'm sure I'm missing something, but we got to talk about the David Pasternak contract extension and the talks and all of that that really aren't going anywhere right now because that's a big thing that, I I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm nervous about. So there's all that brewing yeah. stuff. Of course, we have to talk about some Celtic stuff, but seeing as the season hasn't started yet, we won't get too far into that because we do want to kind of talk about the team, what the final like what the real lineup is going to look like and all of that, but we will 100% have to talk about the Eme situation today. Yeah, I mean we all know about the horny elephant in the room and I think it'll come out more uh, over the course of the season and how it impacts the team. Um, we can summarize our takes, but yeah, even, even there, I don't want to live in the email. No, uh, but I do I wanna, think that I it's worth about how excited I am. Obviously we have to acknowledge it. Right. I, I just, I, I don't even want to get into it on him too deeply. So, uh, there's so much we don't know, uh, which is most of my take even in general on that, but also it's just like, you know, it, he, we know he was the guy who got us there, but this team is still better than last year. Joe Mazzulli has been there. So I, I want to focus on Celtics basketball on the court as much as we can when we do get to it. And, yes, that will be the briefest part of our podcast because <laughs> we're underway and we're 1-0, baby. We and, are underway. Uh, I don't know if you want to start off. We almost have to start off with the uh, fear of Pasternak because, uh, well, he's leading the team with four points after a goal and three assists the other night. So – Yes. I, I mean, David Pasternak has not been signed yet. He is. This is a contract year for him, which is terrifying because there's a number of reasons why it's it's scary to me. Well, the fact that it hasn't been done yet is not necessarily a good sign. And not, it's not necessarily a bad sign either. But, you know, like you just said, he's he's going to score. He is David Pasternak. He's going to score. He's going to have a lot of points this year. And if he's if he's betting on himself, he is going to win. If there, unless there's an injury, he is going to win in that, and he's going to get all of the money. I'm scared that the Bruins aren't willing to pay him what he is actually worth because they never do that. And I'm just worried that there is there is 
the option of him leaving for nothing or us seeing him get traded at the deadline. Because realistically, if we're if we're like two, three months into the season and we still don't have a contract extension, I'm very nervous that he's we're gonna see a trade. You can't let this guy walk away for nothing. I don't want him to be traded, but I mean, what do you do? You you can't let him go for nothing. You gotta get something for him. Um but I really hope that this is resolved before that. I don't want to even I don't even want to think about it. Can you give me a number to your nervousness on a scale of one to ten? I, I would say I'm at about a six and a half. Because uh-huh. because like there's been contract talks, they've been going back and forth. It is what it is, but I, the fact that it hasn't gotten done is not a good sign to me. They've done a lot. Look, another thing that needs to be addressed is that I know a lot of people don't love Sweeney. That is not a hot take. Everybody, it's very well known that a lot of people don't like him. But, like, we, we have to acknowledge that he brought David Krejci back here. He got him to sign. Whether that was all him or not, I guarantee it wasn't. Krejci wanted to be here. He wanted to play with Pasta. But... He didn't have to do that. Sweeney didn't have to sign him. And we got him for such a friendly deal that it shows Pasta that it's like, look, we're doing this thing. We know you guys want to play together. We're doing this partially for you. We're doing it more for the team, obviously. But, you know, it's got to go a little bit of ways in his thought process of like, oh, so he, you know, they didn't just let all my friends walk and have that bad, you know, situation with Tuca whenever that happened too. And, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. I know he wasn't happy about Bruce Cassidy going, which is another thing we should probably talk about. But, you know, some of these things have to at least be brought into consideration for Pasta when he thinks about, like, is the team going to do enough to make me want to stay? Do you think that's true or... Yeah, and I think like maybe he's not gonna tie onto this coach until he's like, you know, I don't think I don't think getting rid of Cassidy, and I could be we could be wrong here. He could be out already. Mentally, he could be out, and there maybe isn't already any, isn't really any convincing. He's clearly gonna play well because he's ready for whoever will pay for him. But uh, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna see the, how his relationship is with the coach. I just, you know, I'm still pissed about the Cassidy thing. I'm on team. I don't love Sweeney. Uh, and I'm, but I mean, there's one positive is that, you know, Krejci's back. And we know that he's happy about that. I mean, just by watching the first game, those two guys were basically meant to play together. And it's very unfortunate that it didn't happen before now, that they didn't get to play together more because. I mean, you're watching what it, what they're capable of. Now, they're not going to play like this every single game, of course, um, but these guys are capable of doing what they're doing right now, and that's scary. And other teams should be afraid of that because they're that's the second line. Technically, right now, I, w- I would consider them the first line just being that we're kind of banged up and uh, Marshan's out and DeBrusque might be out and all of that, but... You know, they're, they're really our top line as far as skill at the moment with those guys being out. Um, right. But it just it would have been nice to see this happen before, and maybe Krejci doesn't leave, and maybe we, you know, we have a better shot at 
at the cup when we, you know, the last couple of years. I don't know, but um, it's fun to watch right now, and I'm looking forward to that all year. I just worry, like I said, that that pasta is worth on the market, especially if he plays this way all year. Uh, Twelve to thirteen million, just based on what the the market is, and I don't see the Bruins actually giving him that because I've never seen it happen before. Now the the league is obviously different. How many of these contracts are being given out by competitive teams? Well, that's that's the issue right there, right? I mean, you look at Toronto, who's given all of the money to a handful of players, and they're not competitive anymore. Or oh, they're uh, sorry, they're competitive, obviously. But they don't they, feel like contenders. They though. don't have what it takes to go all the way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and you, and you saw that with Chicago, right? You get they gave Kane and Taves all of the money, and they yeah. won those cups, but they gave them all the money after that, and then now they're irrelevant. So yeah, and you know, like, hey, you want to thank the the boys for what three titles? Yeah, I'll take that. I get it. Yeah, I get it. And I I even like that. I like when that happens. Uh, but you know. We're obviously not. <laughs> I just pay think for single title. I just also think triple, like you got to look at next year. I would imagine Bergeron and Krejci are both done, and then you basically have a team built built around McAvoy as your as your number one guy, and and Pasta that should be your two guys. Now I'm not writing Marshan off, obviously, but. He's not up for contract as far as I know, and he's still going to be here, and he's still going to be Marshan, and we don't know what's going to happen after Bergeron's done with Marshan. If is we see him get suspended when Bergeron's not on the ice, um, he looks lost sometimes, but he's still Marshan. He's going to be one of our top players, if not one or two. Um, but with the money that you're going to free up from other situations, like Felino being gone. Bergeron, Krejci, then you have to pay somebody. And I don't see why you wouldn't, even if we were going into a rebuild, David Pasternak is a guy you want to be the core of your rebuild, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not going to get anyone better. No, no, you're not. Not for sure, too. Exactly. So, yes, I'm worried about it, but I think that it can get done. I just worry about what he's going to be willing to accept for money. And if he actually believes in Sweeney and Neely enough to possibly take a little bit of a hometown discount, um, whether that's, you know, 10 or 10 and a half or 11 million as opposed to 12 or 13, I just don't know. Does he have the, the? Does he think that? Does he think that they're going to make a good team around him and the core that they have? That's the question. Didn't he take a discount last contract we signed with him? That's a good question. I, I don't know if he took a necessarily a discount because he wasn't playing at nearly the level that he's playing at now. I mean, this is he is playing at an elite level. Not talking. I mean, this year we're one game into the season. I'm just talking in general. He's more than a point per game player typically, and he scores a lot of goals. So I don't know. But if you think back at the media for 
when we were in the cup finals and the guy was like, look, you could you could go anywhere you want and you could get paid a lot of money. And, you know, maybe you're right, because he, he said he was like, you're not getting paid what your value really is. And Pasta said one of my favorite quotes of all time. I don't play hockey for money. And, you know, I hope that this right. rings true when it comes time for contracts. And I don't mean that he needs to get he needs to lose money. I mean, I just hope that if if it's on the edge of like one one million give or take, you know, plus or minus, that that doesn't break the deal. And I hope that they can come to some kind of conclusion and and make it work. Because, I mean, I want to see him in a Bruins jersey for a long time. I don't want to. I don't want to see him get traded. I don't want to see him walk away. I'll be bummed out, man. All right, next question. Okay. What uh, what month are you what is the date that you are at level 10 about your concern with this uh six five right now when is when's the countdown to 10 because i know it's on a clock because we have it we already have the trade deadline i would say end of january because if you don't have it in place by that point three months from now or two two and a half months from now i mean something is wrong he doesn't want to sign and if he does want to sign and he wants to wait until the end of the year, then everybody should be panicking because then anybody can take a crack at it. And that's what I worry about. It's like you need to get it done as soon as possible, and I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. I mean, am <sighs> I, are you are you worried as can we well? Can we just be happy anywhere? <laughs> yeah. We're not- of course, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it, and it makes it. It's at the point where it affects enjoying what he did the other night. It's also it's hard because it's like him get four points. Right, the more points that he scores, and the more goals that he scores, the more leverage he has. Obviously, I mean that's how it works, right? So, I don't. Right. I'm never going to be like. I hope he doesn't score a lot of goals. I hope that this and this and this. Like, I don't care. I want him to score. Well, of course not. That's that's ridiculous. Even even uh, even DeBrusque scoring for us, that was a ridiculous notion when they'd boo him. Yeah, it's just like he's kind of produced. Just what he and he, he is produced, given up. Right. It's just yeah. It's ass backwards, but it's just like you can't help but worry. Every goal, every goal makes you worry, not mad. Right. Just it strikes fear in you. I don't know, man. But let's talk about because some... here's the thing. I I don't think he's gonna play any much more level that's gonna any more level than I'm sure he already is to an open NHL league. Everyone will talk any teams as the, as possible. Whoever's in the running will talk to him. You know, I don't think this year could set him off. I don't think even if he didn't play up to par this year, anything's gonna go off. So, well, but do you think that there's a part of him that well, okay. This is a stupid question because in a contract year, you're obviously you're going to try to play your best. You're going to do the best you can, blah, blah, blah. But do you think that there's a part of him that is a little bit on a revenge tour of like, look what Krejci and I could have done together. Look at me not, you know, I'm not signing the contract and you guys need me and this, this and this. Like he, I don't, I don't get the vibe that he's that type of person, but there has to be some part of him that's like, when they score and when they make points together, that really makes him feel good about the way that they're playing and that it could have been, it could have happened sooner. 
look, maybe we're better than expectations are just with Beck. Maybe not what they put there. What's Krejci's contract? Just one, one year. year. One year, yeah. And it's like a million. If they're both kicking ass. I hope they both have contracts lobbied to them. Well, and if you resign, could you have a shot at right? I mean that that's the thing is like who, who knows what we could what we could be watching right now. Krejci might be like, well, I feel a little bit rejuvenized, and I I feel like I might have another year in me. And we just had, you know, we we just had the, you know, Krejci has seventy five points and Pasta has a hundred points. Why would I not play next year? You know, like I'm talking at the end of the year. Maybe that's something we see, but. I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited to watch it. How about how about that? I'm excited to watch what happens this year. Let's let's not get too crazy about the pasta thing yet. Um, I'm trying to talk myself off the no, ledge right now. But not six you five is uh, honest and uh, fair. Yeah. I just feel like if he really wanted to sign the contract, he would have signed it before the season. And it, and if it's not that he didn't um, want to sign it, and it's that they're not giving him a good offer, then that's a bigger problem. I think it's fair to see if you like this head coach. I think that's a huge part of sure. your job as your boss. That's fair. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, obviously I have no inside information on that being the case. But it makes sense to me, logically. Yeah. as a possibility. Now, how do we feel about... How, okay, let me ask you this. Let me try to, like, pose this question to you. Um when Bergeron re-signed, did you feel like a weight lifted off of you as a fan? Like, we were all nervous that he was not going to re-sign, that he was going to retire. Um, and there was a second, I will say a second, that we thought maybe he'll go somewhere else and go go for another cup. But that's crazy. I think, think if you listen back to the last episode, we sound pretty scared. Yeah. I don't think there was any... I don't, there was there was confidence, even a bit of confidence, isn't something I would describe how we fell towards that situation last time we recorded, right. in my opinion. <clears throat> so, it's not so much a weight was lifted off my shoulders as as it felt like some energy was lifting me and pulling me up towards the sky. Man, I felt <laughs> like I was fucking floating. Are you kidding me, <laughs> dude? I was fucking hyped. Yeah, that's my favorite athlete ever. Not just my favorite current Bruin or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't ready to stop watching him, period. Uh, it would, it, it, I'll feel sick if he ever wears another color jersey, but I, it's never going to happen. I will still watch as much Peach Patrice. Yeah, I better not, but I will still watch as much Patrice Bergeron as humanly possible, no matter where he is. Um, another reason I'm still pissed about the Olympics call last year. Uh, just to see that that team Canada is not going to be running like that next next time. No, you know, we we lost our last Olympic opportunity for a lot of heads. I got to imagine maybe even Sidney Crosby, uh, Ovechkin, Malkin. Kind of a huge bummer. Uh, I get it for injury sake and whatnot, but I, don't know. So I think some things are bigger than the NHL, and I think the Olympics is kind of a little bit of that. It's only once every four years. It's, I don't know. It's historically one of some of the biggest parts of hockey. Obviously, it sucks when injuries happen, but yeah, I don't remember too many Olympic shutdowns. Me either. None stand out in my memory, anyway. So it's a different game on those big rinks, too. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. 
all that extra space, right. everything. Like it definitely, I, I'm sure it helps. Yeah. Um, me too. I will say this though, when that happened, when he resigned, really, I, I was thinking because this was before Krejci, um, shortly, not 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 very far before. Or it was like within a few days, I think. But um, I was like, look, I'm so excited for this season. Not that I think that we're gonna win the cup. I hope we do, of course. I think that this team feels like there's something special around them. And that who knows what could happen. Um, but I was like, even if this is, we get another season to watch Patrice Bergeron play. And maybe this is it. Or maybe he does one more. Maybe he sees that Krejci and Pasta play great together. And he decides that he wants to stay one more. And Marshan, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I was like, I'm just so excited to enjoy this season. Now we get to see him play more. We get to see David Krejci play again. Like, even if we don't win the cup, because we're not one of the favorites to win it, but there is never, you know, there is a possibility. I'm just going to enjoy that, man. Like, he's one of my favorite athletes of all time, too. I would say top three. It's just like, I, it's so exciting to be able to, I know that we've been watching him for 20 years and that we've been loving every minute of it. And, you know, we grew up with him and, and, the the cup in 2011 never happens without him and all that but it's like knowing that you get to get a whole nother year of it and maybe it's the last just makes you appreciate the season more and look forward to like we're not going to win every game let's just enjoy how it is yeah i mean exactly i'll I'll take any and all patrice bergeron even if we suck ass you know i'm just going to enjoy watching that guy play hockey but it does feel like, like you said, there's something special about this. And uh, I'm ready to watch every damn game of it. What a treat the start was. And I don't think the Caps are going to be bad this year, personally. So I think that was a big win. That was definitely a big win. And it was a win in style, too. I mean, they, they had a lull in the second period, as they normally do. But um, it's early in the season. I mean, I'd be exhausted, too, if I didn't play at all and then go out there and play 60 minutes. Like, I would be exhausted. But the only parts that I was nervous about were most of the second period and then, like, the first five minutes of the game, we were getting absolutely smacked around out there. But um, other other than that, I mean, played like a team. They look good. They benched Freddie, which, you know, I love Freddie, but I liked the move. I liked it. So we'll see what happens. And I'm sure that he'll slot into the lineup sooner or later, but I wouldn't change a thing unless it's somebody coming back from injury, whether it be Grizzlick, McAvoy, who they just placed on IR, which means he's not going to be back for a while. Marshan, we knew he wasn't going to be back for a while either, but I like the team. I'm just nervous about Jake DeBrusque potentially being hurt and who slots into that spot. Um, if it's up to me, it's it's Craig Smith, but I don't know. We'll see. With that, uh, but obviously not an ideal situation there. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about Jake a little more than just his injury. I believe we haven't really talked since the signing. Yes, I would love to. Well, Let's get into it. Okay, so before I give you my opinion on it, because I have a, I have a, I do have an opinion on it. Believe it or not, um, 
I want to know your thoughts on, you know, Jake DeBrusque obviously got that contract extension at the deadline, which I have to believe. I, I still, I have to believe that that was to entice a trade offer and to, you know, make something concrete and him actually get traded. And it didn't happen. So now we're stuck with a three-year contract, which he's been playing fine. He 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 played very well at the end of the season. Um, and he was playing well yesterday, too. He played good in preseason. He's he's got something to prove, but how do you feel about him taking the trade off the trade request off the table and deciding that he wants to stay? That's right. That's what I'm referring to. I forgot. I thought it was a further extension, but that's right. The extension was at the deadline and he has rescinded his trade request. I'm in. I'm in on it. Um, just because a player took his request back uh, doesn't mean he can't be traded, right? That that's true. Or does no. he have a does he have a no trade clause? No, 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 no. Yeah, so uh, I'm in. That means a guy who let's call a spade a spade played pretty damn good for someone who requested a trade and played. I don't know. I, I you showcasing use, himself, usable, but yes, useful, like you know, serviceable serviceable play play and now he's okay with being here all po- all things positive to me i was never offended by jake i didn't think it really worked out but if we won't we both want to give it another shot go for it i'm rooting for us to work out if we don't we're not stuck we're not stuck stuck with him i don't think there's a uh, way we can't get rid of him and he's not the only person who's movable on this roster in my opinion you want my thoughts of course. I mean, I imagine I said no. You'd explode. <laughs> Stop recording right now. Uh, yeah. Nah. So okay, my thoughts are are my thoughts are he, you didn't you you could have sold him high and nobody wanted him. He was scoring goals at that point. He was playing fine. People know what he is. He's been in this league long enough that people know what he is. Now, does he? I hope that he scores twenty five this year. I hope that he scores thirty this year or more. I don't care. I really do, but I don't know if it's a loyalty thing to me, but like you asked to get, you asked to be traded. You don't, you did not want to be here. And then they put you on the first line and you got to play with two of the best players in the world. And the, we got a new coach. And if that's really what it came down to that, the coach hurt your feelings. Like I know that it's not great to probably be in that situation where you don't get along with him because He's the guy that determines your destiny of like you play here, you don't play here, you don't play on the power play, you know. Yeah, I mean, whatever. we heard uh, Bobby Robbins was telling PJ Stock. All I mean, everyone's kind of told us about how you know the wrong head coach can just end careers. Sure, and they do. But he wanted out, and now he wants to stay. Of course, he wants to stay. Who doesn't want to play with those two? I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I want him, I like Jake DeBrush. I'm not saying I don't. I just want, he's got to produce. If you pull the trade off the table and you want to be here, then you got to you gotta push and you got to produce, like, in my eyes. Because otherwise, like. I, I totally agree. Anybody can request a trade. He to be traded and get his ass bounced if he's not producing. Yeah, but nobody's going to want him if he's not producing. Yeah, but I also think our expectations for what he what we deserve for him in terms of not ours but Sweeney's might have been a little unrealistic possibly but if you can't produce on that first line with two like again two of the best players in the world then you're not you, you you're not as good as we thought 
in the I don't know I always I've always expected him to be 25 goal scorer and maybe that's too much but he has the ability to do it and he has the skill I mean he's a hell of a hockey player so I don't know I, I just he's been showing tons of effort in preseason and I hope that he's not actually injured and he can continue to play um, because I want to see him succeed and it only helps the team so yeah I mean I unless he gets like demo, he unless he's again assuming he's healthy unless he's healthy and gets demoted because his plays pour off that line and then wants to be traded again I'm just gonna choose to believe it's it was something that wasn't working for a while but maybe it can work yeah we'll see because I know how it looks on paper and it looks like he was just like I don't like you and how you and you don't me like me for sucking ass yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm I'm good with it. Him being happier here is better than him not being happier here, and we uh, we are stuck with him. So and I, I yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think that front office is hanging up the phone on people calling about Jake DeBrusque. No. Um, it didn't do that. But I think that they're they are putting him on that first line one because we don't necessarily have a guy to go up there, which. I hope that when Marshan comes back, that it is Hall, Bergeron, and Marshan. Personally. Because I yeah. think that that second line is going to stay good. And if they don't, then they can put Hall down there and we'll see what happens. But um, I just, I don't know. I, I think that he's going to, DeBrusque might get bumped down, but I, we'll see. Not down to the AHL, I mean just down lower into the lines. Right, which is enough to make him fussy. Right. Or not. Or not. Maybe he gets it. Maybe, maybe he's grown up a little bit, too. Maybe he so. just knows that that makes us deep. Yeah, I mean, if you want to win, you should be stoked about believing you should be on a t- higher line than you're on and still producing there. I mean, the third line of Coyle, Smith, and DeBrusque is a hell of a line. I would love to yeah, see that happen if, if there is ever an opportunity. I love that. Me, too. Um... I do want to get your opinion on the I'm not going to call it a controversy or or a conversation even but like who who would you have started yesterday? Who would you have started for the for the game against Washington? Like who do you expect to be your number 1 goaltender or do you see it going 50-50 this year? Uh the guy I'm paying 5 million dollars. You want him as your number 1? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I want to. I want to feel better about paying him five million dollars. That's why I start game one. That part I, don't I, let, I understand. I don't. I don't let. I don't let money dictate performance. Uh, and he, you know the two goals weren't great, but no. uh, he. Other than that, he had a hell of a game, and he, he still saved thirty three shots. He made some unbelievable there. saves too. Yeah. 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 It was still like it was there was shades of this frustrating Ulmark, but it looked better than a lot of last year, and. Uh, you know, you gave him that contract, so I think that built into that contract based off of money is the opportunity for him to be a far and away number one. And uh, I, I think as a fan, knowing that what's motivating that is a guy who's up, who's not up, not in the pipeline, who's directly behind him, who is can ar- arguably take your goddamn job. But I think to start the year, you want to you want to see if the guy you pay five million dollars can fucking do it all. Uh, and obviously, not at all. 50-50, that's great. If Ulmark needs to be the number two far and away, 
uh, and it's 60-40 or 70-30 in favor of Swayman. I'm down. I want performance to dictate play from here on out. But, yeah, out of the gate, I give the guy I'm paying $5 million to start an opening night. And that's fair, and I think that that's like a – a good explanation as to who you would choose as your starter, because like a lot of people get clouded by who they like more and whatever, whatever. But the conversation of contracts does matter. I mean, you paid him a lot of money and absolutely in the NHL more than anything, especially when you're slinging around 5 million, right? Before Swayman, the caps going up, the game's improving, but it's still $5 million is a shitload of money for a guy who may not be the number one at the position you're paying him that, that for. I, I personally would like to see 60-40 Olmark, Swayman, and and then, you know, let let somebody be the far and away number one. And let and that could switch. It could go 60-40 the other way. Like I, I but I do want to see because I think that that worked really well for us going to the finals in twenty nineteen with with uh Tuka and Halak. Like you need to have a guy rested up and ready to go and not have a workload of like 60 games under like on him throughout the year i think that it really helps to in the in the long run if you were to make a deep run into the playoffs having two guys that are you know not banged up and and not tired not extremely exhausted from the season yeah no i mean i I like two goalies in the playoffs personally i know there's a lot of guys who are just absolute freaks and they they'll do the whole playoff run but I mean, you see a lot more goalie injuries nowadays, I feel like. And I think that's just because the speed of the game's increased. You know, just like mishaps of people flying into goalies. Yeah. Um, having a guy who is your backup being an automatic L is a terrible move for the playoffs, in my opinion. Right. Uh, goaltender depth is crucial to a point where you would trust them in a playoff game if you needed to. And, sure. Uh, Bruins... Bruins absolutely have that right now. Was there any was there anyone that surprised you that made it out of camp that actually made the lineup yesterday? Like there were a few new guys in the lineup that we probably didn't expect at the beginning of camp to be in the opening night like lineup. I mean, I, I could tell you a couple that I didn't think were going to make it only because I thought some other guys were going to make it instead. Yeah, you you first. Let's hear it. So I I was surprised, but very happy that Lauko got his shot on the fourth line, and he played very well yesterday. Um, He's been a prospect for the Bruins that they've been very high on for the last few years, and it's cool to see him make the lineup and produce. Like, no, he didn't score a goal, but he was like you could tell that he was out there. You heard his name. He was buzzing around the ice, and I love to see it. And the second one I was very happy about was Greer. Um, it was nice to see him make the team too. He worked extremely hard in the preseason. If you're if you were watching the games, like seeing what he was doing physically, um, it didn't. I mean, it it definitely helped his case with fans that he said that his favorite player is Milan Lucic, and that's who he wanted to to model his game around. But he's a physical guy. He can skate fast. He can score goals, and he can just be like a disruptor, and that's kind of what we need. So if he's a more skilled version of Chris Wagner or a more physical version of Wagner, then I'm all for it. But those are the two guys that really I was like, I'm glad to see that they're out there, but I was surprised that 
over Freddie and over Wagner that those guys had made it into the lineup and over Stanika too. Well, you know, what do you think Freddie's servicing a game for hits, you know? Uh, Cause it's probably less than what these guys were able to combine for yesterday. You're talking about hearing from them, uh, but not necessarily seeing production. Each of them had three hits. Greer had three shots. Uh, Lauko, no shots, but again, the pre- physical presence yeah. is what's important here. And I, I do think that uh, through camp and things that we miss in preseason or whatever the case may be, I, I didn't follow preseason closely. But if Freddie's looking like a, a, a pa, you know, a penalty, like a, a liability in terms of power plays occurring uh, in favor of the other team. And yeah, I love that we we ran these young guns out. Greer three shots and three hits, I think, is awesome. Plus, he blocked a puck. Want to shout out? Obviously, it was going to be on the lineup no matter what. But Forbert, just a legend. Yeah, five hits, six blocked shots. Like, good lord, he's definitely a sneaky um, good defenseman on the bottom pairing. Like, I, I know that he's not playing the bottom pairing right now. I don't think, but um, he has really stepped up like towards the end of last season and preseason this year and what it looks like last night or or the game against Washington. So, um, you know, I'm happy that he is coming around because at first we were kind of like, this guy is huge, but doesn't do anything. And, you know, I think it also really helps that being around the guys for, for a while, like when you first come into a team, you know, you're going to stick up for the guy in the same sweater as you, but like, you don't know that guy. And now that he's been here for a year and that he's been like playing with all these guys and they're friendly and all this stuff and like everybody's together, I think you'll see him get into it a lot more with other teams being like, don't touch my guy, you know, this guy or any guy on the team. Because I saw it during Washington. He was skating right in there and he was like, you know, I'm the big guy. So if you want to go after somebody, let's do it. And that's what that's what I want to see, because I think that Cassidy strayed away from that a lot. And I think that's why you see a guy like Greer in the lineup who's going to bang bodies around and who's going to block shots and everything. Like, that's exactly what we need. I think it's also letting Freddie know that, like, we have guys who can cover what you do. Sure. We do like we do like what you do, but you do hurt the team in a lot of ways as well. Um, and then one other sh- shout-out about Forbert. Had the most time on ice in the entire team by about 90 seconds. Love it. So, out there doing stuff now. Well, to be fair, uh, Taylor Hall had like what four four minutes worth of penalty. We were on the the PK a little bit during that first game, so yeah, I would imagine yeah. he was probably out there for a, a while killing that penalty off. But definitely, either way, that's definitely. what we need. Um, yeah, no, I mean, other than that, no, I I I liked what's. I have no notes for. A five-two open season opener against the Capitals. Nice to uh, see, nice to see Lindholm get his first as a Bruin. Yeah, it was awesome. I he, love it. It was a great game. He's great. He, he's he's talking about guys who have had time to come in and jail. Yeah. Um, you know, even though it was an empty netter, it was, it was so it was pretty damn deep. That was like the dagger too. I mean, that's when you knew the game was over, right? Hmm. Because for a minute there, I mean, we were getting a little shaky and getting a little nervous. So I'm glad that he could he could put that one in. And I mean, I think I was at a um, a viewing party for that. So it was like a big sigh of relief in the whole room. Everybody was kind of like, OK, it's over. It's over. 
<laughs> well, I think you got a bunch of paranoid people in there. It felt pretty over with the with the fourth goal, personally. Yeah, I, I just you never know. It's there was a there was a lull for a little bit where we weren't doing anything and the puck was just kind of moving around and I am never I'm always on the edge of my seat when I see Ovechkin out there. Yeah, yeah, how can you not be? Even as even as gray as he is these days, he's still terrifying. Yeah. Uh, you think he's gonna break the record or what? Not this year, but you think he's gonna break the record? Yeah, I really do. I think he'll die trying. I mean, I he's not he that far off. As long as. Yeah, and I think he could play as long as Yager, Yager if he needed to. Um, Oof. Yeah, I really do. I think we're going to see it. And then thereafter, I don't know that we ever see it again in our lifetimes. I mean, um, if if a guy like Connor McDavid doesn't break the record, which I don't expect him to, but I'm just saying if a guy like him doesn't do it, I don't think there's anybody who can. I mean, this guy's playing. He is a cheat code. You watch the games, or you watch any Edmonton games, like this dude is, is playing – against beer league guys in the NHL. Like he, totally. he, it's it's so stupid. He's not he's making it look like a video game where he is on all-star level and everybody else is on rookie. Like I don't even understand. I can't comprehend the stuff that he does on the ice. I know, but I also feel a level of um like I don't think he's trying his hardest, which is terrifying. <laughs> Which is terrifying because he doesn't have to, but that's what leads me to feel like I don't know if he'll smash the all-time record. No, but I'm I think, uh, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer, oh, even without trying his best. But I, it's just I could, I don't know. He doesn't have that like I'll die trying to do this that I think Ovechkin has, and maybe you don't need it because he is that good. But I, I just don't know. I guess what I'm what I'm saying, I'd is rather like, be able to check in on that in t- uh, at year ten for Connor McDavid. Sure. But he's like a, a generational, almost once in a lifetime talent. Like he's up there with, he's gonna be up there with those guys at the end. And I'm just saying, like, if a player like him can't beat that record, I don't see anybody who's gonna come in here and just beat the record because the goalies are just gonna keep getting better as well, and it's gonna be harder and harder. Defensemen, I mean, look at Kale McCarr, guys coming I think it's in harder like that. now. And I know that yeah. they had a smaller net. Right, but it's just uh, going to get harder and harder. Yeah. So, we'll see. But Yeah, I think I think it's a bit harder now. I think it's safe to say though that we're both pretty happy with how the Bruins look right now. It's one game in. I'm not I'm not getting the duck boats ready or anything like that. I'm just saying, Hell no, you know, I'm happy I, with the team and we're down we're down some key guys, man. We're down some like yeah. our top guys. Like the no let's not say key guys like we're down Martian and McAvoy those are two of the top guys that you want out there so um if we're in good shape That's and those guys come back wearers, right right exactly or is great if crazy got it back I don't know whatever but you know what I mean I mean they've worn letters so 100% so God. I, I mean if we're in good shape and those guys come back then some teams should start getting scared yeah I think so. I mean, listen, all I wanted out of that game was to be happily surprised at our effort, uh, despite being down two giants, but, uh, that could have been a five, four loss to, to Washington. And I still would have found ways to be proud. I'm, I feel great. Sure. And yeah, I'm not lining out the duck boats, but and, and my whole thing for going into the season, since we didn't really get a preview in 
because again we can talk about the reason it's been hard to connect until this point uh later but the re the uh my my preview would have been like i think we're better than people think we are i agree with you and again i'm not saying i'm not saying we're title contenders but i'm not ruling out that we're title contenders sure when, as soon as you make the playoffs, it wouldn't it's blow a my it wouldn't blow my beast. mind if we were right. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I think this is a team that could get that could sneak in into the the like the, the the lowest position in the in the playoffs and still be a fucking problem. Definitely. And that's why I say it it's feels anybody. like there's something special. Like these guys that are that came back for one last push. Like this is they're going to put it all out there during the playoffs. This is going to be something special to watch. So. Whether that means yeah. that we win it all or we just make a you know a really good fun playoff run, I think we're gonna see something special if we can get in there healthy and uh, do some damage. Yeah, I agree, man. But we're, we're definitely excited. you know we're definitely gonna talk about this more next week when we have a couple more games under our belt. Yes, but I do want. And by the way, we're back like that, baby. We are back. Balcony chatter once a week. Yep. Um, but I do want to say, shout out to. Zidane Chara. Yes. Yeah. Hell of a run. Hell of yeah. a run. And, and for a second there, when I saw the announcement go up on Twitter, I was like, did they really just sign him for a one-year deal? And then I realized that it was a one-day, like, you know, let's let's retire yeah. together. But uh, I was like, oh, no. For a second, I was a little worried. I was like, okay, fine. And then I realized that that's, that wasn't the case anyway. So I was like, oh, cool. Um, but dude, we love Big Z. I wish that they were raising the banner in a couple of weeks when they do the ceremonial puck drop for him or whatever at, at one of the games. But, um, dude, just put the banner up there at the same time. What are we doing? Why are we, why are we messing around here? Like, like what? 33? Yeah, dude, just put his number up there. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it might be the fastest retirement to retirement, <laughs> like career career to number retirement in, in history. But it'll happen good. eventually. I'm excited it's, for that. It's a, too. it's a guy who deserves it. Largest band to ever play in the NHL. Yep. And that's and that's just a footnote on, on his accomplishment. Oh, I see what you did. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, shout out, hell of a career. Love him. So happy for all the stuff that we got to to experience with him on the Bruins as the captain for so long. And um, there'll be a whole nother episode about Chara once we get to that. Um, another but, example of it was, I mean, Bergeron would hurt more, but it was weird to see him out of black and gold. I didn't love it, but I, I was glad I got to watch more hockey for Zidane Chara. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I do want to talk about – we had a couple other things to talk about before we wrap this up here. Um, let's talk about this Celtic situation. Let's talk about Ime for a second quickly. And then, like I said, I you know, let's not get too far into it because we do want to know what the final lineup is going to be. Um, shout out Blake Griffin. We're going to talk about that too. But just give us a quick rundown of what happened with Ime. Give me your thoughts on it, and then we'll move on. Uh, all right. So, my, from my understanding, Ime Udoka started a relationship uh, that was, you know, is said to be consensual, although the parameters of what defines it as consensual and not seem to be questionable. Uh, there were some 
unwanted messaging at the beginning. It ultimately led to him being with someone who's not only a part of the organization, but potentially married to someone within the organization. Uh, it started after the playoffs and they were told to stop and they refused to stop. Uh, and now we, they said, based off of Matt, I'm going off of Brad Stevens and Matt Barnes, uh, just being like, once we went into, you know, the nitty gritty and the, the, the details of what this man did, uh, whether it was just with this or beyond, uh, they said they ultimately had to suspend him for a year. Uh, I hear from a lot of insiders, not my own that I know, but just through listening to certain things and whatnot, that uh, there's a high – it's more likely than not that Ime Odoka will never, uh, A, coach the Celtics again, and B, uh, maybe coach in the NBA period again. Um, I don't know what he did. I trust – I trust Matt Barnes in saying that it is, it's unspeakable, um, because that's the guy who drove to uh, beat the shit out of uh, Derek Fisher because uh, he was sleeping with his wife. So you know, like <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of shit where like Matt Barnes can like understand certain things, and then he heard some he heard what Emay did, and he. he his quote was something like, this is so much deeper than anything we had, any of us imagined. Yeah, I mean, he, he had originally gone on and, and defended Ime on right. national television. Um, but yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> not excited about that. Not excited. That, to, to, uh, that his dick was more important than what we were building here. Uh, pretty bummed. I mean, I think we both probably have the same opinion that he kind of was handed this golden ticket that whether you won it last year or you didn't you have a shot at it for the next handful of years and you really have a good team in front of you um if they add a vet a couple veteran pieces or whatever maybe that makes it even better but i mean he he just screwed Which we did he just screwed Which we did himself. now and he screwed the team yeah we did add those players we did improve. We were building to be a problem this year. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I still think we are. And I, you know, I don't think it's you hand anyone the keys and they win with this team or they go as far as EMA did. I think there's a lot of credit you have to give EMA to that. Uh, Marcus Smart has come out and praised him as a basketball coach and just saying exclusively as a basketball coach, you know, he's fantastic. There's other rumors that one of the, there's a Celtics player. Uh, of of some importance that leaked this to get it out because everyone knew uh, and he doesn't like him. Uh, that that player is rumored to be Jalen Brown. Um, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy and rumors and everything flying around, and I'm just I'm mad at Eme. I'm I'm very mad and just to do this and have it all come out right before media day to the point where pretty much all of media day was about Ime Udoka cheating. And uh, I also want to shout out Nia Long and the embarrassment she's been dragged into for this. I'm not shooting my shot. Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm spoken for, but uh, uh, this is just a, a huge bummer. I wouldn't be, I, I, I think I'd be surprised if he ever coaches a game for the Celtics again. And I don't know how how worried to be because I, I I my point w was like you know I I do think he's part of the reason we got there but I don't think we need him to get there again. 
I don't think that he's going to coach in the uh, NBA again. I just don't see it happening. Because there was there was like the university hires him, they should be stripped of their NCAA status. Right. Because there was like rumors that he was a problem everywhere else he was too, right? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean this this doesn't develop when you become an NBA head coach. Right. It certainly was something he was more able to get away with uh, on a nightly basis as a professional athlete himself. Well, I know no, you didn't I'm want sure to be. He was doing this. It's I know just, you... now he's just—he's literally, you know, he's eating where he shits. It's, it's like yeah. it's insane. And he's like, and they're like, "Hey, stop eating where you shit." And he's like, "Nope." It's <laughs> like, okay, strange. It's so funny when you say it that way. I mean, I yeah. know, I know exactly what you mean, and I know, and I know, like the analogy is just like, yeah, it sounds hilarious, dude. Um... It's just ridiculous. It's just—it's—it <laughs> really is insane. And if it's, you know, if any of it is bleeds towards non-consensuality which it seems to sound that way that's that's abhorrent it's just absolutely terrible to hear uh you don't want that i hope everyone is safe and and they made the right call is there and you know if anything the most they got hurt is feelings is all i hope out of this and but uh i mean i'm gonna trust that they made the right call They, they weren't doing this for any other reason you know this was this was gonna be like this because they needed to and uh, I don't love how it came out. I don't know how in control of the release of the information the Celtics were. Uh, the the way it unfolded, was, I, I feel, reflected poorly on the, the organization, whether it was their fault or not. It looks t- poorly on their part. Um, but it was just, it's it's such a bummer. And then I, I feel like we have to touch on the Joe Missoula has his own checkered past and how yep. weird that looks. Uh, juxtaposed with this, I I don't like what Joe did when he was a college student, uh, but you know, I'm, Brad Stevens says he's spoken at length about Joe's past and how much he's learned and regrets his past. And I, uh, you know, I I hate to be a minority in this regard, but I I do believe human beings are redeemable, um, and I more mean that for Joe Mazzulla than I do Ema Doug. Yeah. How do you feel about? I mean, the players seem to like him. There's a guy. There's a bunch of guys that. Well, there's a reason he's back in general, right? Uh, that he was even the assistant coach, and that was because players insisted on it right. to Ime, and Ime was like, "I need this guy back." Uh, so now, how confident that I'm not, that I'm not concerned with? I think everyone's gonna. Everyone believes in Joe, and I think a lot of people are gonna listen to him. I, do I think he has more of a friendship relationship with these players? I do. Yeah, um, but that could be a benefit. I don't know. I hope you're right. How, how do you how confident do you feel in his ability to be a head coach on this team specifically? I mean, obviously he's been around the team more he knows so the than guys. It, more so than the other team. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm. Yeah, just like just having been around these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, and I I think this roster, even without Danilo Gallinari, who had to sacrifice his knee for Italy, um, <laughs> we have. We have such a special and deep and difficult roster to, to get through. And I say that knowing that who knows what kind of Robert Williams we're going to get and when. They said uh, through the new year. He's not going to be back until next year. Oh, yeah. And uh, just uh, anyone who's like at the end of January who's like, he's still not back. What? It's like, what? Yeah. Is that is that really surprising? Yeah. Um, I'll be surprised if we don't if we see him before March almost. 
not totally, but that's just, I think, the realistic way to view it. Um, I just think it's a special team. Uh, Is he a first-time head coach? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be pretty long impressive. Long-time assistant, though, and uh, under some of the best, you know? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, <laughs> first-time caller, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be pretty pretty impressive when we go to the finals with two new head coach guys two years in a row. I'm just it saying, is I'm just especially saying, when dude. we win one of them. Yeah, I'm just saying it's crazy. Everyone's going to be impressed. <laughs> um, I will say this, and I know that a lot of people aren't on the same boat as me, but uh, I'm very excited that Blake Griffin is on this team. I love him as a player. Um, he's also hilarious outside of basketball. Uh, so it's just a fun guy to add to this team that I think will really help in the locker room, really help on the bench. And he, he's not like he is past his prime. Yes. But he is by no means a bad basketball player. I mean, we saw him kind of take over. Let's just say he took over five minutes in one of the playoff games last year, but I mean, he still has some stuff left in the tank and I'm excited to watch him play. I always liked him as a player. So to be able to see him come to this team is fun. I'm hyped. Uh, I think Blake Griffin has already done his job, and it's just been a few preseason games. Uh, I don't need Blake to play a minute. I need him to be a positive veteran impact in the locker room. And, and I think he knows that. Along with. Yeah, I do, I do too. He will do and, whatever uh, it takes. I think anything, any positive production we get from him on the court is only added value. I, I think he's already a, a very, very, very good addition to this team. We see him hanging out with uh, Pritchard all the time. He's hanging. Him and Tatum seem to be very tight. You know, Jalen. I don't know. Seems to maybe be a weird guy to get along with, but even they seem okay. Um, him and Smart. Uh, you know, he's he's fit right in. I always used to hear he was an asshole and no one really liked him. And I don't know if he grew up or if he just happens to get along with these guys. But uh, anyone who's like this is a stupid move. It's just like what's what's the pro- what's the worst that happens? Yeah. He does poorly in the seven minutes he's given, and then he doesn't get the seven minutes anymore. You right. Know? I I think he's a very very positive impact in the locker room, uh, and a good a good dog to have on your sideline, man. I mean, sure. He's, you know, he's gonna have people's back. He's a big tough. He's a tough guy. I mean, I know he's old, but I wouldn't fuck with Blake Griffin. No. <laughs> like, no. That is that is, and he's a hothead if he needs to be too. So. Right. No, I'm stoked on it, man. It's great. I I wanted Mello, and I'll still take Mello if we decide to take a flyer on him. But uh, Blake Griffin came out of nowhere. And someone pointed out that Blake Griffin, no one had rumblings on Blake Griffin to the Celtics. And I think that's what's important to realize with these supposed net talk, Nets talks that happened. We don't know what Brad's doing until he does it. Right. Ever. And no one operates that way. I so like anytime it. you hear a Celtics rumor, I just I won't believe anything till it happens. Right. I really won't anymore. <laughs> he just run. I think he runs the tightest ship around. And as a second, now going into his second year as an executive, hell yeah! Uh, long live President Brad. I guess we're not going to sign Eme for twenty seasons, Yeesh. and I guess that's the right call. Uh, let's see what Joe Mazzulla's got. Let's see how long we can hang without a very, very good center. See what Luke Cornett can do, because apparently he's going to play. Cool. Yeah. Let's call Taco Fall. (laughs) I wish. Um, So 
before we wrap this up, I want to, I want you to, like, we had mentioned it a little bit earlier. We alluded to it, but I know you got some stuff going on right now. For those of you who don't know, typically we are on opposite coasts, but we are for uh, about a month and a half this year on the same coast. Um, yes. This episode is not recorded together, but we will be recording together before um, Tim is gone, I hope. So, you and me both. What do you have going on that you can actually talk about? Uh, I can, I can, I think I can pretty much say anything. I'm just not allowed to show anything, but I'll, I'll keep it relatively reserved in case that's incorrect. Uh, but at, once we wrap shooting, I'm allowed to say anything and show everything and all that stuff. But, uh, we brought it up on the podcast before that baseball movie that I, yes, uh, did the Kickstarter for last August, uh, meaning August of 21, EFIS, uh, being directed by my buddy Carson Lund is, uh, not only fully under fully a go, but we're underway. Uh, we've shot eight of 21 days or about a third of the way through it. Weather actually shut us down today. Uh, and that's why I say, I hope we can get together because I'm living, uh, at the mercy of, uh, new England weather in hurricane season. So basically so, I need to do a rain dance so that you get a day off. Yeah. Either that. <laughs> yeah. Or schedule or or that no rain happens and schedules can somewhat stick to normal because I'm supposed to have scheduled day day and days off. I we shoot for 21 days. I'm only on for 19 of them, uh, so there's supposed to be a couple of days off there. But everything's constantly changing. We have some sizable names on the on the on the movie who are ending ending up having to leave earlier. Uh, some of the people going late, so the scheduling thing's a nightmare. Uh, but you know. I said I'm here and available, so I'm trying to be uh, the non-nightmare. Ephus is every, <laughs> it's a comedy, an ensemble comedy about every single final play of a rec league baseball game before they're going to bulldoze the field after. So it's an entire game uh, for every pitch, every out, all that. Uh, and it's a comedy. Uh, I played Kevin Santucci, which is, it's been amazing to just be referred to as an Italian-American on my because uh, <laughs> all my life I've never gotten that um but we <laughs> it's been fun man it's been really awesome we got uh it was part of the kickstarter so i could say bill lee's coming on let's uh, go in the next couple of days get to meet bill uh keith william richards who is in uncut gems has been in it he's fantastic awesome guy i'm staying out here uh in rhode island 30 minutes from the field in douglas where we're shooting uh, and uh, I'm living with ten of the ten of the cast members, me and nine other guys, and uh, it's it's like it's like summer camp, dude. It's, it's awesome. And then we wake up and we put on these old vintage unit, like '90s looking uniforms, and play baseball the whole time. I'm having a blast. It is hilarious. It is beautiful, and I really think it's gonna be it's gonna make some noise when it comes out. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. I saw I saw the set one day uh, yes but, you did kind of before prior to it being the actual set right i mean i saw where the movie takes they've done place. some dressing now yeah we have some cool we have a cool sponsor and we have some fake sponsors we put up a wall in the right field yeah yeah I, i'm so excited to see it i can't wait for it to be uh you know ready to to view i know that's going to be a bit obviously but um i'm looking forward to it man i'm so happy that you're doing this and that you're in it and that you know, I know that your buddy's directing it, but to have the opportunity is is awesome. So, 
dude oh man and like you know i was able to be in ham on rye and i've done some other features like just kind of days here and there but but you're yeah, living it first time you're living the dream the first time it really feels like living it and you know it's it's not it's not how every set is you know there's a lot of egos and to get two baseball teams worth of characters together for these games and, and a few others obviously umpires and everything and to get all all that together uh and have a lot of them live together and still try to get all this is like there's so many ways worse than how it's going that would still make the movie work but it's going that well uh and the chemistry is just being added to and everything's just it's it's something else it's something else so to be able to get up every day and act and play baseball is a is a, is a pleasure but uh there's something about just the energy of this group of guys and everything that just feels like a once in a lifetime thing and Everything. Every time I'm not on screen and I get to go watch that monitor as we're shooting other stuff, it's just drool worthy. It looks so good and it's so damn funny. And the script came to life. Once the script came to life, you almost got how just how funny it is. Yeah, uh, that's and awesome. how it's not really as dry as it read or as few and far between with laughs as it read. It's fucking funny. It's really funny. Uh, and the characters are so well thought out and developed and there's some amazing people in this and pulling it together and some local, you know, new England legends. we got Bill Lee. There's a couple other surprises that I won't talk about that are up our sleeves. Uh, so we're up their sleeves. I'm, I'm merely Kevin Santucci. That's all I'm bringing <laughs> to this. Uh, so yeah, been living in the woods. Uh, the, the place we're staying at could be its own fucking horror film uh, that we all keep talking about writing. But <laughs> you know, other than that, it's pretty fun. It's still fun here. It's just like, place has got an energy to it yeah, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to know what happened before no not at all no. but, well uh, well good yeah, i'm glad to hear it coming out next year gonna yeah. be i think i think you guys will know about it i know you will because you listen to us but i think right. otherwise it's gonna make some noise and it's every it's i think it's just gonna attract people even if they're not really movie people because you are watching a game of baseball sure. and even though we like a lot of us suck some of us are kind of good it's it's entertaining it's really worth watching so, i love yeah, to hear I'm it i'm stoked i'm living 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 a, a true dream right now I, I must say no complaints well i know i'm not the only one looking forward to seeing it but you know i love to hear the stories and i'm sure that i'll hear more from you whether it's on here or just our conversations together but i i i can't wait I, truly i can't wait to see it and it's going to be awesome and you know, I'm happy that you're doing it. I'm happy that we're back doing the podcast now. That we're we're back. Me full, too, man. Full yeah. Force. God. And I yeah. do want to. I've been ready to go. It's just been so hard to get my footing here. So, thanks for bearing with me. I thought I'd have a car too. So Andrew's nice enough to drive me down to Douglas at one point, but I'm staying 30 minutes south of there now. So it's, it's a little bit of a different breed. But I'm still here, baby. We got got another. Uh, Two know, weeks. 16 days yeah. of shooting, and and there's. Uh, who knows how fast I'll be able to get out of here with weather dictating uh, right. when we get to shooting up. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I, one of the names on it was supposed to be, a, was supposed tomorrow was supposed to be his last day. And he's got a massive project coming up next. And he's just been like, I'm staying. Love it. <laughs> he needs more of me. I'm staying. And we do. We really need more of him. So it's phenomenal. Everyone's bought in. And no one's a diva, and it's just—it's a dream situation for a movie set, and it's it what sounds this, like it. Yeah, yeah, it's—it's it's not what this movie needed to work and be pulled off, but it's what's going to make it that much more special. Awesome. 
Well, shout out to Ephus. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Also, I want to shout out everybody who is listening to the podcast, whether you're listening all the way through or, you know, that you're just back listening to us again, all you new people listening as well. I got to be honest, we got a lot of DMs about when's the pod coming back. We got a lot of DMs about where, you know, when are you guys restocking merch. Um, the podcast is back. Merch will be up soon. We have some new stuff on the way. Um, we have some restocks. We have some new actual new merch coming in as well. Um, and then, like, people coming up to me at preseason games and whatnot, like, shout out to all those people. I'll, I'll, if you're listening to this, you probably know who you are because you came up to me. But, like, I appreciate that a lot. And we we appreciate that a lot. Like, people that care about the show and that want to hear more and, like, want to um, interact. Like, we want to interact with more people this year. We want to have more conversations with you guys, have some people on, take some messages, answer some questions, all that kind of stuff. Like, we love doing it. And we want to do it uh, more because it helps to, you know, it makes the show more fun. It's not just our opinions. It's you guys, too. So um, we want those hot takes and those bad takes and good ones, too. So keep reaching out. Send us DMs. Get the voicemail. Get the DMs. Get it on there, man. Yeah, We're, for sure. This is, uh, me and Andrew are talking, but it's our it's all of our conversation. Yeah. So, and like you said, thank you, man. I mean, the uh, where are you guys? was really warming while we were gone. <laughs> yeah. We're coming, baby. We're back now. We're back and we're gonna be we're gonna hit it harder than ever this year. Um and again, you know, we appreciate everybody who listens to us and that that wants more of the show and wants to, you know, uh participate even. So shout out to all you guys. Thank you. And we uh we'll be back next week and every week after that. Was it all-